This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hi guys, and welcome to this extra episode of Crimeland. Today, I'm talking about Roxalana Druce. Now, let me tell you about Roxalana Druce. Okay, so when William Druce first met Roxalana Teft, we've got a lot of very fancy schmancy names here. In 1863, he initially was really, really struck by the fact that she was a very attractive young woman and he was instantly mad about her. Uh, He was just besotted with this lady. So she was very much um, the dominant partner in the relationship. So they got married. They were doing their thing, um, living in New York. And they got married and she maintained her position as the dominant partner in the relationship. So when they had their teenage daughter, Mary, she would actually basically bring home men and essentially be with these men while her husband, William, was in bed. So this obviously fueled a lot of gossip around the neighborhood and I guess people like to talk about Roxanana and she didn't really care. She was quite blatant about it. Um, Her teenage daughter was well aware of what was going on and she was just essentially pretty promiscuous, I suppose is the word. Um, And so obviously it goes out saying this gave gave rise to a lot of rows because if you were going to be shifting someone down in the sitting room when your husband's upstairs, there's going to be fighting. Okay, that's definitely going to lead to arguments for sure. So basically they had a particularly bad row, particularly bad fight. And during this argument, Roxalana actually got a gun and she handed her gun, the gun to her 14-year-old nephew, Frank Gates, and told him that if he loved her, he would shoot his uncle, William, her husband. Now, poor old Frank, he was 14 years of age, and I suppose... <sighs> He he was he was a bit scared and ultimately did what she asked. So she uh, had asked him to shoot William. That's exactly what he did. He shot William, um, but ultimately he shot him very badly. Now, I'm not quite sure how you could shoot somebody this badly, bearing in mind they're indoors, they're in a gaff, and the nephew is armed with a gun. But he did shoot him so badly that uh, he only inflicted flesh wounds. So... This poor guy, you know, he was certainly not a marksman. So William collapsed on the floor, but Roxanana, when she saw that he was alive, she picked up an axe because that's what you do. And uh, the axe had been by the stove and she ended up like, she struck him on the head with the axe. Now, not happy with that, she then went for his neck and she brought the axe down on his neck with such force that she actually decapitated him. Yeah. Pretty insane, pretty, pretty full on. So rather than, um, I suppose, rather than be like, oh my God, what have I done? Roxalana just picked up the head and then rolled it up in her atrium and just put it to one side, like as if you dropped an elm mushroom on the floor. Like you put it to one side, you're pretending that you're going to throw it in the bin, but we all know you're going to eat it later. Uh, she took no notice of having taken off her husband's head whatsoever. So then she and her daughter, Mary, who was a teenager at the time, 
proceeded to chop up this corpse. So poor Mary, her dad has been decapitated. And as if that wasn't bad enough, her mom has now asked her to chop up his body. So using the axe and a kitchen knife, they threw the body parts and limbs into the stove, which they had the fire on. They were good to go. And they threw the body parts into the stove. Then apparently, I suppose, according to the story, then she didn't really want to um, get rid of the rest of the body. So uh, the head, for some strange reason, she actually put in a sack of wheat, which was stored in the corner of the room, after which she and nephew, her nephew, Frank, disposed of the axe and the kitchen knife in a nearby pond. Now, again, if you're going to get rid of a murder weapon, try not to drop it in your pond. Okay, they're going to look through the pond. That's what's going to happen. So that's just a top tip from Crimeland. Don't do it, guys. So you couldn't say she wasn't romantic because she didn't want to burn the head. So nobody could accuse her of that. Uh, Frank obviously was a little bit trauma about what happened. So he started talking to people because he was very upset and a bit traumatized. So word got back to police who were obviously aware that William was missing and then the nephew, of course, was recounting what actually happened. So they would have been very bad police if they hadn't gone to arrest Roxanne. That's exactly what they did. So she was arrested, but remained silent under questioning, as did her daughter, Mary. So Frank was the one, the little nephew, who talked about what happened, told police what happened. And then when they found the bones and the ashes, the bod- the body part remains in the stove and then found the head in the sack of wheat ultimately it just backed up what Frank was saying and the defense in court was obviously not and void then because everything Frank had said was kind of backed up by the evidence that they had found so Roxanne was found guilty of murder and sentenced to death as the months went by she had appeal after appeal but they were all rejected and of course the media were obsessed with this case um they were really really fascinated by it for the obvious reasons and uh, I think that the the public at the time were very divided a lot of people saying she should be executed and then other people saying no Um, and then Roxalana herself was kind of really going through all the emotions in prison so sometimes she was getting angry sometimes she was asking for a priest sometimes she was asking to be left on her own she was just all over the place so on the 28th of February 1887 they put up the scaffold which which of course is used to hang people in the grounds of the jail and the executioner was asked to attend. So Roxalana had had slept, but not a lot. She got up, she got dressed um, uh, in what the, it was described in the newspapers as, quote, a narrow satin skirt having a tight-fitting basque. The hem of the skirt was ruffled, her sleeves having white ruching at the cups, repeated at the neckline where she had pinned a bunch of roses. So needless to say, they were kind of, you know, they, they were being a bit salacious about it all. So as she was led out to the yard, it became obvious that the official witnesses and a large number of reporters, um, so it became obvious to then to them that she was really well they described her as cold but she was very much resigned to her fate she showed no emotion um uh in terms of like she was crying but she was silent and she was composed so she was kind of crying quietly quietly 
And then she got up on the scaffold steps. She paused. And as the priest said his final words of support to her, two kind of prison guards came towards her. One of them then took the hood, put it over her head. And even as she was shrieking, um, the signal was given. And of course, then the hanging took place. Um, so Roxalana's uh, Roxalana ultimately was, she was hanged. She was hanged publicly. Um, she didn't have any final words as such. She remained composed, though she was crying and she was obviously trembling. And, you know, the priest was there to support her. But the media interest in the hanging itself was huge. So her daughter, Mary, became an interesting character because Mary went on to get married and she then went on to suspect her husband of having affairs with other women. And she actually ended up attacking him loads of times. And then she eventually went into his office one day in June 1936, got a gun, pointed it and proceeded to shoot him. Somehow he managed to drag himself out of the way and then said to a guy working with him, keep that woman away from me. Totally unconcerned, his wife walked past him and said, take no notice of him. He's just putting on an act. And she ultimately ended up killing him and was found guilty of murder. And Mary Bolton herself was given a life sentence and then sadly committed suicide in prison some years later. Uh, So a strange story, very strange. And I suppose what's particularly interesting about this one is that Roxelana Druce was the last woman to be hanged uh, in the state of New York. And then her execution, the execution itself was a little bit botched in that it kind of, it just didn't go according to plan. So because her execution was botched, they replaced the hanging with the electric chair. So, you know, that's that was their new thing in 1890. They decided to, to change it to that. So all in all, a bit of a strange story. Thank you for supporting Grimeland. This has been your extra episode. Um, I did space out in the middle there. I'm not going to lie, guys. Lost the train of thought completely. But I'm professional. So I brought it back. Okay. Thanks so much, guys. Mwah, big love. Thank you. Bye. Oh, and my new line at the end, mind yourselves. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.